0: Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games Daily, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and A.J. Skiftstad.
1: Hey everybody, it's AJ here. You're listening to Board Games Daily, powered by Theology of Games, and we've got a great episode lined up for you today. We're going to continue to talk about our cage fight, which is Decrypto versus Codenames, and you're going to hear in just a few moments from me a game night recap. Uh, we played some games on Monday night. I'd like to share a little bit about those And finally, uh, we're going to continue our discussion on cooperative games we love to play. That might be our favorite of all time that we talk about or just a few that we really enjoy. If you want to catch up and hear what we've already been discussing, you can listen to an episode from a couple days ago where I share my thoughts and opinions on cooperative games, and you'll hear some of that intro to the cage fight as well. But let's talk about some games that were played on Monday night. I set up a game of Terra Mystica for four players and I was super excited about it because I love that game and I like when the board gets a little bit uh, a little bit full and you have to make some really crunchy decisions but I we actually only had three players show up which was for the best and I say that because I have played Terra Mystica so many times but always overestimate uh how long it's going uh underestimate how long it's going to take us to actually play it and it was crazy because we got the now i had three gamers well myself included who are seasoned players not just seasoned gamers but seasoned players of terra mystica and when we got to the last two rounds we were taking upwards of three minutes to take our turns now no one was mad No one was upset. No one was like, come on, take your turn. You're APing the game. No, we all know what we're doing, and everybody knows that the other players know what they're doing. So we really know that we're just trying to make the best decision, and it takes a little bit of time to work out then puzzle it out. Um, It was fantastic, especially because I won, of course. Uh, But yeah, it's it's such a good game, and we have been talking about uh, its successors lately, which are... um, Gaia Project, we had a cage fight with that in Terra Mystica last week or the week before. And Age of Innovation, which uh, Firestone just cracked. And it seems like those two games actually surpass Terra Mystica. They're actually better games. But that doesn't mean that Terra Mystica still doesn't stand on its legs. I mean, it does some things. It does some really good things, and it does them well. And so I still I still like putting that one down on the table, Um, so yeah, that was our first game, but let's talk about something new that we cracked into. One of our buddies received his Kickstarter for, uh, Terraforming Mars, the dice game. Now I think most gamers would agree that Terraforming Mars, the board game is a great game. It's it's a long game, yes, but it's a great game and, uh, it has two successors, Ares Expedition and That which is card-driven, and now it has the dice game, which is obviously dice-driven. Normally, I love card play way more than I like chucking dice, but Ares Expedition was a little long-winded for me, and so the thought of uh, throwing these dice for uh, Terraforming Mars, the dice game, chucking dice, seemed like it might be a little bit better and a little bit quicker, and it was, but not quick enough. It still was a little bit long, And I I thought it didn't need to be that. You see, all three games still have the same end conditions. The the theme is the same, just the mechanics are different. You're trying to raise the oxygen level to a certain point, the water level and the heat level. And when you do two of those things, the game ends. Well, what are you doing in the dice game? You've got different colored dice with a bunch of different symbols on them. You're going to collect those at the beginning of what's called like a prepare phase. based upon what resources you get to collect. And um, you're gonna chuck those dice. You're not gonna be able to mitigate them with the exception of you have one action at the beginning of your round. It's like a setup action after the prepare action. Uh, And and you can do some some mitigation. But after that, you're just looking at the dice you have, creating combos with these dice and playing the cards from your hand. Uh, The cards are gonna sometimes increase water, oxygen, and heat. They're going to put out buildings sometimes, or they're going to give you resources for future prepare rounds, which will give you more dice. Uh, the other, the other thing you can do is you can you can spend a certain amount of dice just without playing a card to increase those levels, and that's essentially the game. Cards will come out that again allow more mitigation and allow you to power things easily more easily. Um, but that's it. It's a good game. The components were good, but both of these both Ares Expeditions and the Dice Game are just kind of meh for me. I'll play them if anybody wants to play them. They're good enough games. There's far worse games out there. These are don't get me wrong. Let me stop. These are good games. They are good. I just don't need them in my collection and I don't need to play them all the time. I would probably rather just play the board game and gear up for a, for a long night of terraforming Mars the board game. But if you haven't checked out any of these yet, uh, don't start with the other two start with the board game and then then get some opinions and thoughts on on the other two. Uh, those are my thoughts for now so that's it. let's can't wait to hear what the other guys have to say today. All right see you later
0: Hey
2: there everybody it's Firestone here with board games daily powered by theology of games i weighing in on this week's topic, which is cooperative games. I love cooperative games, partly because only one person in my family is a gamer. And so it is such an easier sell to sell cooperative games, whether that's with family, whether that's with a lot of non-gamers. Now, there are still some I've met plenty of non-gamers who are like, I'm very competitive. I don't actually like cooperative games because they want to win. They want to overcome someone instead of the game. Okay, I don't really get that, but that's fine. For me, I love cooperative games. it, It seems to bring people together easier and it's just easier to say, hey, you don't have to stress about losing this game to me or me having played more than you. We're all playing against the game. And that just kind of breaks down barriers. Now, having said that, my favorite cooperative game is probably one of the most complex, if not the most complex cooperative games out there that I would never ever consider bringing out with non-gamers. It's Spirit Island. I love that game so much. It took me a while because of the complexity, because of so many things. When I first started playing, I would just stare at my board and I'd be like, I don't know what to do. I'm really unsure and a lot of the people I play with have played it a lot to the point where they are one of them is a play tester a listed play tester in all the recent uh, expansions that have come out in recent years he really knows this game inside and out and plays it like every couple of weeks and had pre-release things so we've been playing this for years and years even before these expansions came out I love it I love having all these boxes all these options I love that there are spirits from easy to play to very difficult to play uh there's gotta be i don't i should have checked beforehand there's probably at least 30 different spirits you can play of all varying complexities and they all feel differently if you play this one they're defensive and they're building up walls and they're keeping out the explorers and if you play this one they're scaring the crap out of explorers through fear and all these other things and this one is very aggressive and burning stuff it's so great, so many cool things going on in this game. It is very complex, but they've they've tried so hard to just add these incremental things, module type of stuff that you can add in, your adversaries and scenarios, so you can just start at basic, and then you can slowly add in these adversaries, and, and even the adversaries have levels within them, so if you want to start at an easy one, great. You start at level one, and it adds a few wrinkles, and gets more and more complex as you go down and as you kind of push yourself and say, hey, let's see if we can do fight against England at level five and see if we can do that with these spirits. I love this game. I love this game. And even to the point where they don't want to leave out some of the early and easy, quote unquote, easy spirits to play. So they have aspects in the in the later expansions. It's called aspects where they take one of these easier spirits and they completely revamp it and you can still play with the old one, that's fine. But you can add these new aspects to it. And so it kind of gives a new wrinkle and ups the complexity a little bit. So that you're if if you've been playing this for a long time, you're not now limited to, oh well, only these six or seven spirits challenge me now. Well now all of them can challenge you again with these new aspects. I love Spirit Island. I would play Spirit Island anytime. I love that I will be playing this one for years and years and still discovering stuff because there's so much stuff out there for it. It's almost overwhelming, but I love that game. Spirit Island is my cooperative game of choice. What is yours? We want to hear from you. Please join the conversation and let us know what your favorite cooperative game is. We will talk to you later. Have a great day.
0: Hey everybody, Jeremiah here. Just wanted to stop in and give you all a little update on this week's Game Night Cage fight. I already told you who I think is the winner and should be the winner between Decrypto and Code Names, And I gotta say, I'm a little surprised. I thought I would be on the losing side. But as it sits here on Wednesday, we got two more days. The winner will be declared on Friday. We're looking at... A pretty substantial win right now for DeCrypto. Things could change. That could that could happen. But right now we've got a post up in our Facebook group. If you look up Theology of Games group, it's 80 to 20 right now. Votes are 80 to 20% for DeCrypto. Over on Twitter at Theology of Games. Sorry. X at Theology of Games. It is 71% DeCrypto, 28% percent 71.4 28.6 whatever uh, percent for uh, for decrypto so again 71 to 28 for decrypto 80 to 20 for decrypto we did get an email though from our good friend Michael Cathro And uh, actually, I've never met Michael, but thanks for writing in, Michael. He actually says for him, quote, Codenames wins it for me. It is such an easy game to get started. The rules teach is super fast and it can definitely keep people interested. The amount of word cards and grid layouts make it. So the game is incredibly replayable. Those are all very valid points. Uh, very, very good uh, observations. And I agree with all of that. For me, I, I still stick with my vote for Decrypto, but I really appreciate Michael writing in and giving us his thoughts. You should do the same. You can email us by going to theologyofgames.com. We've got a blog post up about this cage fight. You can also find us on all the social media channels that we've already mentioned. Who wins? You decide. That winner comes up this Friday. And of course, write in, share your thoughts, and you'll be a part of the show, just like Michael. Hey, that's all I got. Thanks for listening. I'm Jeremiah, and I gotta go. I'm out of time. Thanks for joining us today.